You're listening to the Bring Them Home Aliyah podcast, hosted by Josh Wander. Welcome back to Bring Them Home. This is Josh Wander from Yerushalayim, Yer Kodesh. I'm here today reading the words of wisdom from Rabbi Nachman Kahana, Parshat Truma, 5782, Restoring Our Connection. It says in Shemot 25.8, V'asu li mikdash v'shochanti b'tocham. Make for me a sanctuary, and I will dwell within them. There is a problem with this verse. Should it not rather say, Make me a sanctuary, and I will dwell within it? I suggest, Tractate Yoma 69b relates that Ezra the scribe, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest of the time, and builder of the second temple, acted to eradicate the obsession for Avodah idolatry, which was the root cause of the first temple's destruction and the exile of the majority of the Jewish nation. Ezra and his colleagues fasted for three days and nights, after which they saw the fiery form of a lion cub exiting from the Kodesh HaKadashim the Holy of Holies of the Temple. It was the corporal form of the human compulsion for Avodah Zarah, which from that time on, although present, was very much weakened. This requires an explanation. First, why was the habitat of Avodah Zarah in the Kodesh HaKadoshim? Two, how did the escape of the drive for Avodah Zarah from the Kodesh HaKadashim influence the Jewish national psyche? For the answers to these questions, we have to turn to our parsha Terumah. Hashem commands Moshe to construct a portable Beit Mikdash, the Mishkan, the tabernacle, and its accompanying vessels. The basic structure of the Mishkan was two rooms, the Kodesh Kedashim, the inner sanctum, or the Holy of Holies, which was off-limits to all except the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, and the sanctum, the Kodesh. This two-room structure was enclosed in a courtyard called the Azara. These three elements, Kodesh Kedashim, Kodesh, and Azara, were present in the Beit HaMikdash, in the temple of Shlomo HaMelech and of Ezra Sofer, and the third temple of Herod, and will be present again in the next Beit HaMikdash we will soon build with the aid of Hashem. At the time of the Mishkan and the first Mikdash, the Kodesh Kedashim contained the Holy Ark. However, Toward the end of the first temple period, King Yeshayahu removed the ark and concealed it in the depths of the temple mount. So the Kodesh Kedashim in the subsequent temple was an empty room. 
In all the sacred structures, Mishkanot and temples, the Kodesh area contained three vessels, the menorah, the altar for burning the aromic ketoret, the spices, and a table for the lechem hapanim, the showbread. Upon leaving the Kodesh and passing through a vestibule, the ulam, one exits into the courtyard, the azara, which contained the large altar for burning of the innards of the various sacrifices. The higher-level sacrifices, Kodshe Kodoshim, such as the Ola, Chatat, and the Asham sacrifices, are required to be slaughtered and their blood collected in the northern area of the Azara. Stand now in front of a mirror. What do you see? Your head, two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. Look down and you will see your neck and throat, which lead to the internal areas of your chest and abdomen. You are looking at a human being, but in fact, if you look closer, you will see one of the most profound creations in Hashem's world, a miniature Beit HaMikdash. For all of the elements of the Beit HaMikdash are contained in your physical structure. The uppermost part of your body, the head, contains two areas, the inner sanctum, your Kodesh Kedashim, and an outer sanctum. Your Kodesh Kedashim is your brain with its private hidden thoughts. And just as in the Kodesh Kedashim of the Mikdash and the Beit HaMikdash and the Mishkan, no one can enter your thoughts without your permission. It is interesting to note that the brain is enclosed within a double membrane, and the entrance to the Kodesh Kedashim in the Second Temple was through a double curtain. Now view your face. You are looking at your outer sanctum, or Kodesh, for it contains all the elements of the Temple's Kodesh. Your eyes parallel the menorah. Your nose with its sense of smell parallels the altar for its aromic turret. And your mouth is the table of the showbread. We leave your Kodesh and pass through the big doors, throat and neck, leading to your abdomen, the azara, the courtyard, which contains your digestive organs. Just as the altars of the Mishkan and the Batei Mikdash burn and digest the flesh placed upon it by the Kohanim to give sustenance and nourishment to the world, so too your internal organs nourish you. When one exits the Beit HaMikdash, one faces east with one's back to the west, and in order to get to the north where the higher korbanot, the sacrifices, are slaughtered, one must turn to the left. When you proceed from your face to your chest, your heart is on your left. It is in your heart that the upper korbanots and the higher emotional feelings are processed. However, there was an area in the temples which was holier than even the Kodesh Kedashim. Atop the Kodesh Kedashim was a room called the Aliyah, which was completely empty, paralleling the Kabbalistic Olam Ha'atzilut, the initial stage from total spirituality towards a physical universe. And a Kohen ascended to it only once every seven years to examine the structure of the walls.
So what is the parallel of the Aliyah room in our physical structure? The answer is tefillin of the head, which is placed above our personal Kodesh Kedashim. Tefillin of the head contains four separate compartments, each one containing a different section of the Torah written on a small piece of parchment. The brain's cerebral cortex is also divided into four sections. The frontal lobe associated with reasoning, motor skills, high-level cognition, and expressive language. The parietal lobe associated with processing tactile sensory information such as pressure, touch, and pain. The temporal lobe for interpreting sounds and the language we hear and the occipital lobe associated with interpreting visual stimuli. Yes, we are all virtual, living, walking, breathing Batei Mikdash, holy temples. But there is more. The Kodesh Kedashim, minds and inner thoughts of all Jews, are connected by invisible conduits to the Kodesh Kedashim of the heavenly Beit Mikdash. And the outer sanctums indelibly forged on our faces are connected to the Kodesh area of the heavenly Beit Migdash. When Ezra Sofer removed the Yetzahara of Avodah Zarah from the inner sanctum of the Beit Migdash, the effects was to remove the removal from all of our workstations connected to the mainframe in the Kodesh Kedashim in Yerushalayim. The implications are far-reaching. Something died within each of us when the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. Our connection to the earthly Beit HaMikdash was deleted and we are now connected only to the heavenly one. How can we restore the connection to the earthly Beit HaMikdash? It can be achieved by purifying our inner and outer sanctums and all of our other organs. But it is only in Eretz Yisrael that this reconnection can be forged. It is only here that Hashem and the Jewish nation maintain a continuous dialogue as stated in the Torah, Devarim 11.12. Eretz asher Hashem elokecha doresh ota tamid eine Hashem elokecha ba mereshit hashana vad acharit hashana. It is the land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continuously on it from the beginning of the year to the end. Expulsion from Medinat Yisrael Over the last years, there has been a growing number of leaders of Israel's radical left organizations who have made Yerida the opposite of Aliyah. One who comes to Eretz Yisrael performs Aliyah, an ascent. One who leaves performs Yerida, a descent. He or she leaves the country for greener Gentile pastures. The far-left newspaper Haaretz in May 2020 printed an eye-opening article dedicated to those former leaders and why they left and are still leaving. The article dealt with the the leading radical leftist organizations, which are funded by NGOs from Europe and the U.S., which seek to sever the umbilical cord that sustains the people of Israel and its connection to the Holy Land of Eretz Yisrael. These organizations are well known to the public here. They include the New Fund for Israel, 
Insidious Shovrim Shtika, B'Tselem, Women's Coalition for Peace, Matspoon, and too many others who badmouth the state. They vilify Tzahal and malign all the good that is here as they maliciously feed our enemies, i.e. the New York Times, falsehoods and confidential security information. There are reasons why they leave. First, their realization that the people of Israel don't want to commit spiritual, historic, and physical suicide. So their leftist anti-Jewish and anti-Zionist messages have a hollow ring. Secondly, the Medina has become too so-called Jewish. And third, and others are infected with the virus of self-hatem that begins with detachment from the Jewish way of life, from Shabbat, Tzni'ut, modesty, Torah study, etc., and extends to their loathing of anything that would distinguish us from the Gentiles of the world. This is the simple explanation, but it goes much further and deeper. The Torah in Vayikra 18, 28, 30 states, If you defile the land, it will vomit you out as it vomited out the nations that were before you. Everyone who does any of these detestable acts will be cut off from his people. Hashem presented the Holy Land unconditionally to the collective nation of Israel, the descendants of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. However, apart from the collective nation, the individual Jew lives here as a privilege and not as an unconditional right. The privilege is extended to those of us who are aware of our great and noble ancestors and act accordingly. Those who cross the red line, seeking to sever the spiritual umbilical cord that connects the children to the motherland, are regurgitated from the Holy Land. So we find the leaders of these self-hating anti-Zionist and anti-Jewish organizations settled in nicely in Berlin, London, and Paris, indulging in their inner feelings of moral support superiority for having the courage to leave the apartheid, elitist, and belligerent racist country called Israel for the righteous Gentiles of the Galut. Now, if this premise of Hashem's expelling unwanted individuals is accurate, then the same applies to its corollary. The Jews who staunchly remain in the Galut are not yet invited and privileged by Hashem to climb the mountain of Zion. And this is indeed regrettable because there, there, because there are many good people out there whose presence in Mother Eretz Israel would be a blessing to themselves as well as the land and its people. Shabbat Shalom, Nachman Kahana. Thank you for listening to the Bring Them Home Aliyah podcast. If you identify with our message, please subscribe and tell your friends about us too. You can leave us a review on iTunes as that really helps us grow. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. For sponsorship opportunities and for all other inquiries, please email us at bringthemhomeisrael at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.israeltorah.org for more content on this vital topic.